0: Amen. Does anybody here know what a grace period is on a loan or a credit card? Yeah. Do you know what a grace period is? It's that part between when the loan is due, like on the 10th, But you don't have to pay it until the 15th when finance charge comes in. So you got that grace period. So if you think about it, you got five days there or three days. It depends on who has the loan or who has a credit card. There may be no grace period. If the water company says you better pay by the 15th, I, I think you better pay by the 15th or you're going to be thirsty. But now let me ask you this. If you know what a grace period is, have you ever needed one? <laughs> I remember when I was young, man, I needed some grace periods. Have you ever used a grace period? You know, it's one thing to know about it. It's one thing to need it. It's another thing to use it. And so as you think about grace periods, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Don't I have a grace period on that loan? And it's in John 8, 2 through 11. It's a great story that uh, demonstrates a grace period. And I'm going to tell you something about this grace period a little ahead of time. This grace period that I'm going to be talking about is forever. Yeah, those are the kind I like. Listen to John 8, just the first couple of verses out of the King James. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came into him and he sat down and he taught them. And as was his practice, he would sit down in the temple and he will begin to teach. And the scribes and the Pharisees were there. Members of the Sanhedrin were there. Members of the community were there. People would come in and listen to Jesus teach. And he just sat down and was teaching to them. And it says here in John 8, 3, And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and they had set her in their midst. You know, it's one thing to do something wrong and know about it. It's another thing to do something wrong and everybody know about it. See, those bite a little bit harder. They do for me. It's one thing to say, man, I really mess that up, but it's another thing for it to be brought to my attention and it to be brought before other people. And here's what the scribes and the Pharisees. So the lawyers and those of the law, the Pharisees, the righteous set apart ones that never did anything wrong. They brought this woman, not the man. They brought the woman and set her in the midst. Now, I want you to get this picture for a minute because Women were not seen in a good light in the Bible times. You think about what's changed. Some things have, some things haven't. When you look at what's happening in the Middle East with women, they can't socially mingle. They are not allowed to go to school. The list goes on and on and on. And so this woman was right in the middle, caught in adultery. And in verse 4, they, the Pharisees and the scribes, said unto Jesus, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. So you know where you've got to be to catch somebody in adultery? You've got to be really close in. You've got to have eyes on And they caught this woman in the very act. And Moses in the law commanded us in verse 5. That such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? They wanted to see what Jesus would say. And I'll tell you what he said. Echoes through the ages. And it is still going that, that he said that day that applied to this woman has traveled through the years and traveled through the years, thousands of years. And the word that he said to her and the way that he treated her applies to us today. It's ours. She should be stoned, but what do you say? It looks to me like a payment on that debt of adultery is due today for this woman. You know what it feels like when you get called out. The shame, the guilt, the fear being brought before all these leaders. And to be accused, but not falsely accused rightly accused there was a debt that was due that day for her and the man but right now we're just dealing with her you see it was her debt that they were bringing before Jesus here's what the law says just in case you want to know says in Leviticus 2010 if a man commits adultery with another man's wife with the wife of his neighbor both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. It's real funny how the Pharisees and the scribes can twist the law a little bit to their advantage. Does that sound familiar today? It should. Deuteronomy twenty-two twenty-two. Here's another look at the law. The law of Moses. If a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both a man who slept with her and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. You see, the debt was a death sentence. The debt was death without God. Let me just ask you, have you ever needed a grace period? Yeah. I have and so as you think about this woman the law is clear and they brought brought her before everyone and all her stuff as we talked about one week is out on the street where everybody can see it Deuteronomy seventeen six says this about the stoning on the testimony of two or three witnesses a person is to be put to death but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. So there had to be more than one person catching her in the act of adultery. And it says the hands of the witnesses must be the first in putting that person to death, and then the hands of all the people. You must purge the evil from among you. So the law was clear. She was facing a death sentence. And it was a big debt for doing wrong. And they asked Jesus, what do you say? What do you say, Jesus? John 8, 7, says, so when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. You see, what Jesus did right then was give her a grace period. She needed a grace period because very shortly the law says she was to be brought out by those who caught her and they were to throw the first stone and then the others throw the stone. Her grace period begins. You see, God's grace is a rescuing grace. It's to save you from the debt of sin. Now, we all have sin. This one here was one of the big ten. You see, you don't have to carry your sin any longer. John eight ten said this, When Jesus had lifted himself up, and he saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? See, when Jesus said, He who is without sin cast the first stone, he knew their sin as well as he knew her sin. Woman, where are those who accused you? Has no man condemned you? And she said, nobody, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You You see, the woman that was caught in adultery, she was wrong. Scripture does not deny it. It doesn't say that she wasn't wrong. But neither is her forgiveness wrong. You see, God's grace period is forever. He said to her, Go and sin no more. Now, this was said another time in Scripture when a man at the pool of Bethesda was trying to get in. And he couldn't get in because the waters were troubled. Too many people were getting in. People got in before him. And Jesus said, No, you're healed. Go and sin no more. We talked about this at the men's group last uh, week. Go and sin no more. He knew the sin that she had committed, and it was a personal sin. He told her, don't live like this anymore. Don't act like this anymore. You're clean. You're forgiven. Go and sin no more. You see, God knows the sin that we tend to stumble on. And he wants to clean us from our sin a step at a time a sin at a time, an act at a time. When we come to him, he wipes our sin away. But we still sin. And he's saying, go and sin no more. Like, get away from that sin. Get further and further away. See, living a life of moving further away from sin brings you closer to God. And it begs a question today. As Jesus' words say, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Those words are for us today. We get a grace period. And our grace period through Jesus Christ is eternal. Is there someone you know that needs a grace period? I mean, you may need a grace period on something. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's a judgmental attitude or bitterness or anger, as we spoke about this morning. Maybe it's a spirit of offense. God wants to give you a grace period. Here's what I'd ask you to do this week, starting today. Today. Think of go and sin no more, what it means to you. And if there's sin in your life that you need to, there's no doubt about it, and you know it, go to Jesus this week and say, okay, God, I don't want this sin anymore. If there's someone that has offended you this week, ask God. I don't want to sin anymore with this. I don't want to pick up this. It's too heavy. Just identify one person or one action this week and square it up. Square it up with God first. Do you need a grace period? God's got a grace period for you. Dear Father, I thank you right now for your son, Jesus Christ, who's given this woman a grace period. We don't have any record, O Lord, in Scripture after you've dealt with this woman that she was judged again. For you judged and you forgave. So, Father, we thank you that through your Son you judge and forgive. You judge our sins and put them on his back as he hung on the cross. As we're approaching Holy Week, as we're approaching Palm Sunday and Easter, Father, we know that your son came for us to give us a grace period, that we would have his grace available to us right this very moment. And Father, I'd ask you for those that are here and those that are listening that need a grace period, that need some time to figure it out. Father, I'd ask you right now that your Holy Spirit would minister to them, that your Holy Spirit would come into them, O Father, and that you would let them know that your grace is a saving grace it's a healing grace and it's an available grace i thank you lord in jesus name amen hallelujah be blessed this week amen hello this is pastor louis i hope you've enjoyed the message today and i hope that it has encouraged you if you need any further information about the message or our ministries please contact us at the numbers on the screen our live worship is 10:30 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at theLivingCornerstone.org. Be blessed.